0: To Slovo, a podcast of the ATA Slavic Languages Division. I am Maria Guzenko. This past year has seen drastic changes in the field of conference interpreting. Our guest today is the conference interpreter and interpreter trainer Andrei Folalev, who will share some tips for improving your skills and career prospects, choosing a specialization his approach to training the next generation of interpreters, and the outlook for the profession. Now on with the show. Today we have Andrey Falalev as our guest. He is a conference interpreter with English and Russian, and he has more than 30 years of experience in conference interpretation. He has worked with U.S. presidents Ford, Carter, Bush Sr., Reagan, Clinton, and with the Soviet president Gorbachev and the Russian presidents Yeltsin and Putin. So, Andre, first of all, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you for your kind invitation.
0: Absolutely. Could you please tell our listeners how you got started as an interpreter?
1: Uh, I always wanted to get to the very top of the formula. It took me a while to realize it, Um, but thanks to my uh, U.S. State Department mentors, finally it was articulated very well you worked on yourself as if you are a ballerina or a piano player or a a yoga and uh, by and by you increase the quality level you get to the point where the level you can offer is what is required by uh, wealthy individuals and wealthy organizations mostly all of them uh, private and at that point, you can name your rates, and they would be happy to pay. So that's how you start with a quality. You make yourself a name, then you offer your services. But by that time, most likely people people would know about you. And once you get uh, a couple of good clients, the word would get around, and From that time on, you you would never have to work in your resume, just on your skills. No self-promotion.
0: Very interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. And so this brings me to my next question. What have been some of your most memorable assignments to date and why?
1: Uh, Lots of them. I am working for PepsiCo International. I know that mostly it would be simultaneous interpretation. And, uh, but if uh, there is a little concert, uh, I would have to go on stage. So I'm on stage working with a manager from that huge hotel complex, uh, asking him to please move the speakers away from the edge of the Seen because otherwise I would not be able to hear anything. All the sound, all the feed would be going toward the audience. And uh, as we speak, going from one speaker to another, um, we notice a guy. He is with his back to us, playing something on uh, on a piano. Uh, I don't recognize the tune. I do not. Know who the guy is, and finally, we got too close with our conversation. Uh, began to bother him, and without turning uh, his face to us, he says, Loud and clear, there can be only two reasons why you are messing up my work. One is that you don't know who I am, something that I doubt greatly. The other one is that you don't like and he turns around on his stool and says, Hi, I am Elton John. That's one of the most remarkable uh, experience. Uh, then later, I got a chance to work with uh, one of the Beatles, then the Pink Floyd, David Bowie, and the list goes on and on. So basically, you, uh, and that's for the benefit of the younger uh, colleagues, you work on your skill. You get to a certain level, and it's a level of celebrities. And then you meet all the right people from the Olympic Games uh, crowd or musicians or movie stars or politicians. Um, That's how it works.
0: Perfect. And since we're talking about acquiring skills, how important is an interpreting degree for an aspiring interpreter? Are there any other ways of acquiring the necessary skills?
1: Um, there is a much easier route. You, you, and you are in a big city, uh, presumably, and um, you put together a list of all the. Translation interpretation agencies that organize conferences or organize build uh, teams of simultaneous interpreters and you go to them and you tell them point blank what you want and what you want is um, first you want to attend some of the conferences, just to compare your skills, because sitting there you. You would have no choice. You would be interpreting uh, inside of your head. So you want to listen to other interpreters and to compare where they are versus where you happen to be. Uh, Some of the things uh, they will be doing are obvious. Any interpreter would do them. Some of them would uh, be a surprise. And each time you experience this surprise, you drop things down because uh, Um, you being surprised means that you've just encountered a technique uh, you had no idea about. Um, And then you, you, you meet these people, you tell them about yourselves and about your goals and aspirations. And if a professional interpreter senses that you are not after a photo opportunity or an autograph you really have serious questions um he or she would always find time to uh, to work with you privately no money uh, they they would want to share uh, their accumulated experience most of my mentors they had this deeply ingrained belief that interpret interpretation skills uh, as something you have to be born with, like a sense of humor. I totally disagree with that. I think the best uh, route is to start meeting your local um, interpreters. If you can afford to go to a good school, and there are very few that are good, I would say there may be five of them, at least with my language combination, then certainly it would help immensely. But it's not a must.
0: That's really encouraging. And you mentioned different conferences and professional events. These could be quite diverse. So should interpreters specialize in a few related areas or should they be generalists capable of tackling any subject matter?
1: Somebody once said that we are beautiful dilettantes, meaning that unless there is a subject um, or a project that promises a lot that would go for years, in airspace, in security, construction, building, real estate, then yeah, it makes perfect sense to go deep and to learn as much about the subject as you possibly can. But most of the time, just for the sake of diversity, we like butterflies, we fly from country to country, uh, city to city, subject to subject. So you have to know a little bit about everything. And I'm not talking about anything esoteric about things that you might encounter any day, anytime.
0: Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Just from my own experience, thinking it would be mechanical engineering and something that came up was Chinook salmon, so local fish species. You never know.
1: Well, living in North America, we have to know about Chinook and coho. Uh, Before we start getting into anything exotic, exotic would be, um, there is a variety in the Russian Far East and uh, Japan. I can't think of the term uh, right now, but it's not available in the United, in the United States. Uh, so you have to know a little bit about everything, but you have to specialize only in the areas where there is a lot of work and a lot of money. That that would be my response.
0: Oh, absolutely. So you are also a seasoned interpreter trainer. Uh, what are some of the techniques or approaches that you use to train interpreters?
1: I came to the United States in 1980. That's before Gorbachev and before his perestroika. Uh, Then comes 1985, uh, that perestroika period begins. And we are all stunned because all of a sudden, we realized that Russia is turning into a market economy. Uh, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because prior to that, we all assumed uh, that uh, simultaneous interpretation was something that we did at the United Nations, the State Department in a very prim and proper context. Um, our first experience with the market economy, Herbalife International, uh, nobody controls the speakers or their speed. Initially, unless all of us revolted, uh, they had, I guess to excite the crowd, they had their speakers jumping all over the place and uh, the music was on. And uh, any music, any tune has a rhythm. And if it doesn't happen to coincide with your biological rhythm, then uh, it's basically a way to self, uh, self destruct- destruction. So um, my, uh, mentors from the u.s state department canadians uh, office of the secretary of state uh realizing that they had no explanation of what was coming they went to their chinese colleagues the ones with both english and russian and to those colleagues who had experience working in a market economy germany spain spain france and initially those colleagues uh, could not really understand russian interpreters and then finally they said okay it looks like you're assuming that there is one simultaneous interpretation it's not the case that two. so what you are calling simo as in the united nations uh is what we call mode one what you're encountering is mode two when nobody controls the speed and you don't have the techniques to handle such speeds uh there were at one point 27 of us in both the united states and canada they would send me their insights their findings so that i would begin to develop exercises uh drills rapid fire drills so i believe not in educating interpreters as is the case in all the former communist countries for them it's a matter of philosophy ideology and education i believe in training so the approach is different you don't move from theory to practice you move from demonstration you demonstrate a phenomenon you demonstrate a technique and then you have i would say at least four hours non-stop dictations um Going from Russian to English, and I suspect it might be the case for some other Slavic languages. So let me explain what I mean. Uh, There is a rule in the profession. So when you go into your native language into English, any of your utterances cannot be longer than 10 words, because otherwise you start losing control. So the best way to start losing control is to start a sentence in English with words like although, with, while, given, because, as, and uh, there might be some five or six more. So that's the explanation. That's it. Uh, And then we move into rapid fire drills. Uh, another example there are very lengthy ways in russian for instance to express a certain thought like a speaker says something somebody at the round table says wow the way you put it it's just like uh hitting the nail on its head and if you start counting words in russian it would be eight ten words easily um you need to learn how to reduce the number of words without Changing the message. And the message is spot on. So from 10 words, you move to two words. That's all the theory. And then four hours of uh, training, rapid fire drills. Because the idea is not to help you gain any insights or understanding of the process. Um, That's something we can concentrate on once we hit uh, retirement. Um, It's. It's a way to demonstrate how something works so that you would know how to do it once you get into a predicament when the speed of the speaker is overwhelming.
0: I'm impressed with this practical approach. Absolutely. So my last question is, um, we have seen a lot of changes in light of the COVID pandemic. So where do you see the interpreting uh, profession going in the next five to 10 years considering remote interpretation, and um, interpreting platforms?
1: Uh, remote interpretation, uh, interpreting platforms, very few face-to-face meetings. For a while, and we're talking about probably a year and a half to two years, uh, lower rates. Uh, some people would not agree. Uh, among my colleagues, there are at least five or six who refuse to use Zoom or Interprefy or anything like that. Their reason being that I need to sense the audience. I need to to get the feel of the audience to see how people uh, converse, how they're dressed, their mannerisms. And I can relate to that. I miss it greatly um, doing Interprefy kind of um, conferences. Uh, But in my case, I will continue to learn to adjust but uh, some of us they just don't want to be a, a part of this brave new world to use the way they usually phrase it
0: thank you so much um for your insights today um so andrei falalev was our guest thank you thank you maria this was andrei falalev thank you for tuning in to slovo a podcast of the ata slavic languages division We hope you follow us on your favorite streaming platform. Until next time, I'm Maria Guzenko.